Hey guys, we will talk about several ecological factors which will help uh, influence the morphology or the color of the organism. Like for example, the effect of color. High temperature will produce dark skin uh, skin color and low temperature will produce less darker skin color and this is specified by Glogger's rule. Then there is effect on morphology. Okay, there is the effect of temperature on the morphology as well. Body size, if it's smaller in high temperature, if the body size is smaller and in low temperature, the body size is larger. So the body size smaller or larger uh, depending on the high temperature and low temperature respectively, it is defined by Bergman's rule. Okay. Then comes uh, the ear, snout, tail or limbs. If in the higher temperature, if the ear, snout, tail and limb are larger and in the lower temperature, if these uh, organs like ear, snout, tail, limb, if they are smaller, this is Allen's rule. Okay, so Allen's rule talk about the ear, snout, tail and limb. Then there is wrench rule what is wrench rule saying that if the birds wings okay if they are wide in high temperature and they are uh, narrower in low temperature birds wings are narrower in low temperature but they are wide in high temperature this is said by wrench rule and the last one is jordan's rule which is about fish vertebrae which says that the uh, higher temperature uh, the fish growing in higher temperature have lower number of vertebrae while in lower temperature have higher number of vertebrae okay now there is one exception to the bergman rule bergman rule was body size where uh, in high temperature the body size was smaller while in lower temperature the body size was larger so there is one exception to the bergman rule their body size decreases as the temperature falls okay which was as opposite to the bergman rule in bergman rule the body size is smaller at higher temperature okay Then the temperature also have the effect on distribution of animals. Homeothermic or endothermic or warm-blooded animals, they maintain their body temperature, example birds and mammals. Then it's poikilothermic or ectothermic which are cold-blooded, they, their temperature fluctuates with the environment, example reptile, birds, amphibians etc. Then there is in homeotherms where the skin plays the important role in temperature regulation. Okay, so very interesting, right? Guys, you know about the tempor- uh, temperature profile of atmosphere. The lowermost layer, which we can see just above, just the lowermost layer of the sky is troposphere. Okay, above which is stratosphere, where the ozone is there, and aeroplane also flies in the stratosphere. Then there is mesosphere and thermosphere, and there is at last is ionosphere okay the aurora which we see is in where it is in thermosphere there is tropical rainforest okay where uh, the 
टेम्परेचर इज लाइक मेसोथर्म ओके वेर इज टेम्परेचर इज लाइक काइंड ऑफ मेगाथर्म यू कैन से सो इन ट्रॉपिकल रेन फॉरेस्ट इट इज अ एरिया वेयर हाई टेम्परेचर प्रिवेल्स थ्रू आउट द ईयर एंड द डोमिनेंट वेजिटेशन इज ट्रॉपिकल रेन फॉरेस्ट ओके बट इन ट्रॉपिकल डेसीडुअस फॉरेस्ट विच इज अ मेसोथर्म हियर एरियाज वेयर टेम्परेचर प्रिवेल्स ऑल्टरनेटिंग विथ लो टेम्परेचर एंड हाई टेम्परेचर एंड द डोमिनेंट वेजिटेशन इज ट्रॉपिकल डेसीडुअस फॉरेस्ट ओके सो देर इज ऑल्टरनेटिंग लो टेम्परेचर इन ट्रॉपिकल डेसीडुअस फॉरेस्ट वेल इन ट्रॉपिकल रेन फॉरेस्ट इट्स हाई टेम्परेचर थ्रू आउट द ईयर देन देर इज एल्पाइन फॉरेस्ट विच इज सेट टू बी एस हैस्किस्टोथर्म हियर वॉट वी नो दैट वेरी लो टेम्परेचर प्रिवेल्स थ्रू आउट द ईयर इन एल्पाइन फॉरेस्ट एंड द डोमिनेंट वेजिटेशन इज एल्पाइन एंड द लास्ट इज माइक्रोथर्म कॉनिफर्स वेर द लो टेम्परेचर प्रिवेल्स थ्रू आउट द ईयर अगेन एंड द डोमिनेट वेजिटेशन इज कॉनिफेरस टाइप ओके सो दीज आर आर काइंड ऑफ फॉरेस्ट विच वी विल सी काइंड ऑफ वेजिटेशन विच आर प्रोमिनेंट हियर देन प्रोमिनेंट लाइक थ्रू आउट द वर्ल्ड देन वी नीड टू नो अबाउट द कंडीशन ऑफ द सॉयल ओके इफ वी डिग डीप इन टू द सॉयल वी विल सी डिफरेंट लेयर साइंटिस्ट हैव स्टडीड एंड डिवाइडेड द लेयर ऑफ द सॉयल इन टू द सॉयल डेप्थ इन टू डिफरेंट लेयर्स ओके विच इज सेट टू बी अ सॉयल प्रोफाइल ओके सो देर आर डिफरेंट हॉराइजन्स सो स्टार्टिंग फ्रॉम द टॉप मोस्ट लेयर विच वी सी दैट जस्ट वेर द रूट्स आर ग्रोन सो इट इज वेर वी सी दैट इट्स अ ऑर्गेनिक लेयर ह्यूमस और ऑर्गेनिक लेयर डिकम्पोज एंड अनडिकम्पोज मटेरियल्स और इंटेंस बायोलॉजिकल एक्टिविटीज अकर इन दिस लेयर देन कम्स द टॉप सॉयल सो टॉप सॉयल्स आर लाइक डार्क इन कलर हियर हाई कंटेंट ऑफ ऑर्गेनिक मैटर इज देयर इट कैन बी ऑल्सो सेट टू बी एज इलूवियल जोन ओके इलूवियल जोन देन बिलो द टॉप सॉयल और टॉप सॉयल वी कैन से इट्स अ जोन ऑफ लीचिंग ऑल्सो वेर द मिनरल्स आर लीच्ड ओके वॉश्ड ऑफ सो जोन ऑफ लीचिंग इज द टॉप सॉयल देन इज जोन ऑफ एक्यूमुलेशन ऑफ फाइन मटीरियल्स बिलो द टॉप सॉयल इज द सब सॉयल here uh, subsoil is a zone of accumulation what is accumulated fine materials are accumulated and the minerals are precipitated too okay like uh, clay carbonates iron gypsum etc they all are precipitated in the subsoil then comes uh, what then comes parent material so partly weathered rock or rock fragments of different sizes are accumulated in the parent material below the parent material is the bedrock okay which is the unaltered rock layer so starting from the top it is what what we see is the organic or humus matter then it is top soil which is zone of leaching then it's subsoil which is zone of accumulation then it is parent material then it is bedrock okay so first is the alluvial zone which is the zone of leaching then alluvial comes the alluvial zone which is parent material or bedrock okay so uh, this another very important uh, thing which we need to know is that there are same different layers in the water also 
ओके वॉट आर दीज इन द लेक ऑल्सो वॉट आर दी लेयर सो वी स्टडीड अबाउट द रॉक्स अबाउट द सॉइल जस्ट नाउ नाउ अबाउट द लेक वॉट वी नीड टू नो अबाउट द लेक सो देर आर डिफरेंट लेयर्स ऑफ द लेक ऑल्सो द टॉप मोस्ट लेयर विच वी सी इज एपीलिमनियन एपीलिमनियन बिलो विच इज हाइपोलिमनियन ओके सो एपीलिमनियन इज द अपर लेयर ऑफ द लेक विच इज रिच इन ऑक्सीजन हाई पी एच टेम्परेचर इज कॉन्स्टेंट बट हाइपोलिमनियन विच इज बिलो वेर देर इज नो ऑक्सीजन पी एच इज वेरी लो एसिडिक पी एच एंड द टेम्परेचर इज अराउंड फोर डिग्री इट्स लिटिल कूलर ओके सो देर इज कॉन्स्टेंट एक्सचेंज ऑफ मटेरियल फ्रॉम द एपीलिमनियन टू द हाइपोलिमनियन एंड फ्रॉम द हाइपोलिमनियन टू द एपीलिमनियन ओके so there uh, there is geothermal heat exchange which also occurs thermocline which we also observe then there, there comes the nutrient mixing in uh, ocean nutrient mixing in ocean what happens when surface wind comes what it does it push surface water away from an area surface water is pushed away from its area as a result of which what will happen there is upwelling what is upwelling so if surface water is pushed away from its area then the warmer surface water is also pushed away okay so deeper in the ocean there is colder water which is nutrient rich as a result of which this deeper uh, colder or nutrient rich water replaces the warmer surface water so nutrient uh, rich colder water comes towards the top this is upwelling and how this happens it happens due to surface winds which which pushes away the water from a particular area then there is point source waste water point source waste water so point source waste water is what it's uh, there is a clean zone decomposition zone we need to know about different zones okay where waste water can be accumulated so clean zone below which is the decomposition zone then septic zone then recovery zone then clean zone so clean zone is what clean zone is when no there normal clean water organisms like say for example uh, may fly stone fly all of those lives and dissolved oxygen is there okay dissolved oxygen is around 8 parts per million but there is biological oxygen demand okay biological oxygen demand is also there and dissolved oxygen is also there okay so in the first situation we need to know that oxygen demand is very less in case of clean zone oxygen demand that is biological oxygen demand bod is less but dissolved oxygen is very very high because the zone is clean okay then it's a decomposition zone in the decomposition zone the dissolved oxygen concentration goes down and the demand reaches maximum the biological oxygen demand reaches maximum but dissolved oxygen concentration goes down 
so trash fishes accumulate here carp leeches and all accumulates here then there is septic zone septic zone here dissolved oxygen reaches even more less okay the concentration of dissolved oxygen reaches even down okay and here the demand is also down because dissolved oxygen is not there so the fishes which all are there will not grow so demand will also be reduced as compared to the decomposition zone okay so here fishes will be absent and some sludges worms will grow which are anaerobic in nature because dissolved oxygen is not there then comes the recovery zone here recovery zone now uh, in the previous septic zone what happens demand was less dissolved oxygen was less and uh, then there is dissolved oxygen increases okay but demand is still less then comes the clean zone where demand is again less and dissolved oxygen increases even further so how uh, we will again make it in a sequence okay so it starts from clean zone then it is decomposition zone then it is septic zone then recovery zone then clean zone so clean zone septic clean zone decomposition zone then septic zone then recovery zone in clean zone the demand biological oxygen demand is less and dissolved oxygen is high in septic zone the biological oxygen demand is very high but dissolved oxygen is very less in recovery zone the uh, dissolved oxygen reaches minimum okay and the demand reduces in the recovery zone the biological oxygen demand decreases further okay the biological oxygen demand even decreases and dissolved oxygen starts to increase this is the recovery zone and clean zone is same as previous okay so in the clean zone i'll repeat again this thing in the clean zone the biological oxygen demand is minimum and dissolved oxygen is high maximum in the dissolved in the decomposition zone okay in the decomposition zone the demand reaches the biological demand is maximum and dissolved oxygen reaches minimum in the septic zone again the biological oxygen demand is again it is lower down okay and uh, dissolved oxygen is less in the recovery zone dissolved oxygen increases but biological oxygen demand is decreasing okay so productivity how much uh, is produced uh, from a particular plant after uh, it does the respiration so there is a term named as gross primal uh, gross primary productivity which is known as gpp 
so all of the carbon dioxide is fixed by the plant in photosynthesis it is the gross primary productivity which is produced the gross amount of uh, uh, material which is produced by the plant is gross primary productivity then the plant also performs respiration so in respiration carbon dioxide is lost from the plant and uh, what happens this net prop, uh, this uh, there is another term net primary production which is in short we say as npp so uh, when we subtract the respiration part uh, the carbon dioxide lost from the uh, respiration when we subtract this respiration part from gross primary productivity then we get net primary production okay net primary production which is gross primary productivity minus respiration by plants okay now when respiration is by plants we say as rp but when it is by heterotrophs we say as rh when respiration is by decomposers we say rd so there is a term net ecosystem production so net primary productivity is if we are considering in terms of plants but net ecosystem production is when gross primary productivity minus the total respiration by plants plus heterotrophs respiration by heterotrophs plus respiration by decomposers when we subtract the sum of uh, respiration by plants heterotrophs and decomposers from gpp we get net ecosystem production okay and the highest productivity globally on a global scale the highest productivity we see where we see in open ocean okay highest productivity is in open ocean then followed by tropical forest after is temperate forest so productivity uh, order is open ocean then tropical forest then temperate forest and the least is in desert scrub okay least is in desert scrub the savanna and taiga are immediately after the temperate forest okay then temperate grasslands swamps marshes they come like productivity is very very less so net produ- primary productivity is where it's highest it's highest in ocean then tropical forest then temperate forest then desert okay but when we calculate net primary productivity in terms of biomass okay net primary productivity in terms of biomass then again ocean have the highest net primary productivity in terms of biomass then after that it's temperate grassland okay then it is temperate forest then tropical forest so in terms of biomass when it is said then net primary productivity is highest in uh, case of again ocean then temperate grassland then temperate forest then tropical forest but in terms of leaf area net primary productivity in terms of leaf area then desert have the highest okay then tropical forest then temperate forest okay so sounds uh, very interesting right it's not always the ocean when we are talking about the biomass and leaf area the productivity differs okay when in terms of biomass it will be ocean then uh, temperate grassland then temperate forest then tropical forest but in terms of leaf area desert then tropical forest then temperate forest okay then coming the root shoot 
ratio then temperate grassland have the highest productivity in terms of root shoot ratio okay then tropical grassland then tropical dry then tropical wet okay dry have the more root okay temperate grassland then tropical grassland then tropical dry and tropical wet so principle of energy flow we all know that 10% of energy is transferred from one trophic level to the next trophic level okay energy we can divide into assimilation efficiency net product efficiency ecological efficiency so assimilation efficiency is what assimilation is what ingestion and exertion and 15% to 50% uh, is for plants and 60% to 90% of uh, assimilation efficiency is for animals but what is net product efficiency net product is production is equals to what it will be growth and development like what of uh, how much of the energy will be used okay so production is equals to growth plus reproduction so 30% to 80% is used by the plant okay and 20% is for invertebrates ecological efficiency is what consumer production and prey production okay so how much consumer production is there how much prey production is there it's a ecological efficiency and net product efficiency is where reproduction where production is equals to growth and development and around 30 to 80% is used by the plant okay there is one uh, important fact that the there is a uh, plants animals or every organisms are arranged in a trophic level and the ones at the higher trophic layer level are more prone to extinction than the lower trophic level why because they have the narrow habitat okay they are few in number they are very specialized okay so the food chain also it's uh, from it's the hierarchy okay there are two types of food chain one it's grazing and one is detritus food chain so the grazing food chain it follows the hierarchy of what producer plants herbivores then carnivores but in detritus food chain there is a dead organic matter which is consumed by detritus feeder which is then consumed by organism feeding detritus so organic matter detritus feeder and organism feeding detritus and heat is lost in every of the trophic level okay only 10% of the energy is transferred to the next trophic level then uh, there is a law lindemann's law so i have already explained you lindemann's law lindemann's law is 10% of the energy is transferred to the next trophic level it is known as 10% law of energy transfer okay so in a trophic level so trophic level we can uh, arrange it in the form of a pyramid so pyramid are of several types in ecosystem or said to be as ecosystem pyramid that is pyramid of energy pyramid of biomass and pyramid of number so pyramid of energy is always upright okay pyramid of energy is always upright pyramid of biomass can be upright or inverted 
Similarly, pyramid of number can be upright or inverted. Pyramid of biomass is upright in case of terrestrial. So remember, in case of terrestrial, the pyramid, be it biomass pyramid, be it terrestrial pyramid, it is upright. Pyramid of uh, biomass or pyramid of uh, number both are upright in case of terrestrial ecosystem. But pyramid of biomass is inverted in case of aquatic ecosystem, and pyramid of number is inverted in case of parasitic ecosystem. Okay, so uh, we need to know about terrestrial biomes. Okay, like what are the terrestrial biomes? Where they are located? What are their climate? How are how their soils look like? What are the plants grown in that area? Animals grown in that area? So what are the biomes we need to know about? So it is tundra biome, taiga, which is also known as boreal or coniferous forest. Then it is temperate deciduous. Then it is Mediterranean, tropical rainforest. Then grassland, which is savanna, prairie, pampas, steppe. So savanna is in Africa. prairie north america pampa south america okay and step in europe asia and then the desert so how many we will uh, know about is tundra taiga temperate mediterranean tropical grassland desert seven types of biome we will understand okay so tundra is located in the polar regions in the poles where very cold winter and very short summer is there very low precipitation is there here we see that the permafrost soil will be visible that is permanent frozen subsoil subsoil we already talked about uh, just below the topsoil is the uh, subsoil which is the zone of accumulation okay topsoil was the zone of leaching so here the rocky and poor soil is there and plants grown here are mosses lichens grass animals like polar bear arctic fox reindeer lemmings snowy owl and all that then the taiga forest or the boreal forest or the coniferal forest so these taiga forests they are located in north america europe and asia so climate in taiga is cold winter and a cool summer moderate precipitation Here the soil is rocky soil and acidic soil in taiga North America Europe and Asia okay so plants grown here are coniferous pines berries mosses lichens again because it's a cold weather then animals grown here are brown bear wolf deer squirrel great owl and all then comes the temperate deciduous forest so temperate deciduous forest is between polar regions and the tropics okay between the polar region and the tropic is the temperate again cold winter and warm summer precipitation is moderate here the soil is rich and uh, temperate deciduous important plants are oak maple beech chestnut and animals grown here are again brown bear wolf fox same as taiga okay then the mediterranean forest here mediterranean climate zones are there here cool and rainy winter and hot and dry summer is seen soil is again rich and uh, the plants which are grown are yuk eucalyptus and uh, olive rosemary oregano and all that and the uh, animals are wild uh, goat wild bear lynx rabbit vulture eagle snakes 
Then comes tropical rainforest, which is near to the equator. Hot and wet climate and very high precipitation, but the soil is very poor. Tree like palm tree, bamboo, orchid, fern are all grown. Here monkeys, jaguar, tigers, sloth, all that are seen. Variety of insects. Then comes the grassland. Here it's the interior of the continent. It's in the interior of the continent. Here the rainy and dry seasons are there. Soil are rich and uh, grass, bushes and some trees are there because it's a grassland. And important trees are uh, like acacia, then it's uh, baobab and lion, zebra, giraffe, elephant, hyena, bison, prairie dog, rabbit, snake, eagles and all that. There are many kinds of animals found in the grassland area. Then the desert which is also located in the interior of the continents. Here the uh, weather is hot in the day and cold at the night and very low precipitation. Soil is very poor. Okay, in the grassland the soil was rich. But in desert, the soil is poor. Here, short grasses, small bushes and cacti grows. And uh, small animals like mouse, rats, scorpions, camel, big animal though. Insects and some birds are grown. Clear? So, there are different grasslands which are studied, which, uh, which are present in the interior of the continent. And uh, grassland like savanna and... Uh, like what are the grasslands we studied let's recall savanna prairie pampa steppe here the soils are rich okay rainy and dry season are there and the bushes and all that grows so prairies which are the grassland found in north america and steppes are found in where they are found in eurasia southeast europe and siberia while savanna found in africa Pampas are found in South America. Campos is found in South America again in the regions like Argentina, Uruguay, Southern Brazil. While the wells are found in South Africa. So this was about the uh, biomes or biogeography of India and world biome. Okay, so we'll keep on continuing. We'll tell you important things, interesting things about the ecology and environment. So stay tuned. Thank you. Population. A population is a group of individuals of a single size that occupy the same general area group of individuals occupying the same area okay so a population we can uh, describe a population where new bo uh, birth constantly happens as well as there is the death of the organism which is mortality so there is natality birth mortality death there is immigration of the organism and emigration of the organism okay so when a population in an area they can be arranged in a clumped form or the uniform form or random distribution is there so in a dispersion how the population is dispersed in a particular habitat three terms are used clumped uniform and random 
so in clumped distribution variance is greater than the mean while in uniform mean is greater while in random variance is equals to mean okay so in case of random distribution where variance is equals to mean there is neutral interaction between the individuals and between the individuals and the environment but in case of uniform there is antagonistic interaction between the individuals or the local environment in case of clumped where the variance is greater than the mean here the attraction between individuals are more okay then uh, the organisms the age organisms uh, we can describe through the age structure pyramid okay there are different pyramid shapes which will help us to know that what kind of uh, like the population age structure is there in this particular habitat so there is if the pyramid is uh, very broad at the base and narrow at the top it is rapid growth pyramid okay similarly there is uh, different types of pyramid and uh, the region towards the base we say it as pre reproductive age in the middle is the reproductive stage and uh, towards the top is the post reproductive stage okay so in case of stage 1 okay in case of stage 1 what we understand is that there is high death and birth rate okay there is high death and birth rate if the pyramid is very broad at the base there is high death and birth rate and each age group rapidly shrinks in size due to high death rate okay previously there is high birth and death rate then it shrinks due to high death rate so there is short life expectancy and population is not growing when the pyramid is narrow at the top okay so similarly there are other kinds of pyramids depending upon the shape we'll say what age structure pyramid it is so the rapid growth it's seen in kenya nigeria saudi arabia in case of slow growth it's seen in us australia canada zero growth is denmark austria italy negative growth is germany bulgaria hungary okay so when it is a triangle shaped age structure pyramid then we can say that the birth rate is more than the death rate when it is kind of u shaped then we say birth rate is and death rate are equal but when it is a kind of leaf shaped then the death rate is more than the birth rate if the base is very very narrow we can say that the death rate is more than the birth rate so birth rate how we will say birth rate is equals to b and death rate is what how we denote it as d and growth rate is r and r is equals to birth rate minus death rate 
ओके सो वी से इट एज एन इज इक्वल्स टू एन इंटू टू टू दावर एन ओके सो फाइनल पॉपुलेशन इज इक्वल्स टू इनिशियल पॉपुलेशन इंटू टू टू दावर एन सो देर इज अनदर इक्वेशन वेर आर जीरो इज इक्वल्स टू समीशन ऑफ एल एक्स इंटू एम एक्स एल एक्स इज एज स्पेसिफिक सर्वाइवरशिप एंड एम एक्स इज एज स्पेसिफिक रिप्रोडक्शन सो एज स्पेसिफिक सर्वाइवरशिप एंड एज स्पेसिफिक रिप्रोडक्शन वेन वी मल्टीप्लाई इट विल गिव अस वॉट इट विल गिव अस आर जीरो एंड वेन द वैल्यू ऑफ आर जीरो इज वन देन इट इज अ स्टेबल population growth when it is greater than 1 then the population is growing but when it is less than 1 the population is declining okay so this uh, age specific survivorship lx and age specific reproduction mx and the net reproductive rate r0 where r0 is equals to lx into mx okay so this uh, r0 is net reproductive rate okay lx is age specific survivorship and mx is age specific fertility there is another equation where nt plus 1 is equals to nt plus 1 is population size at next generation which is t plus 1 is equals to nt into r0 nt is what population size now that is a time t into net reproductive rate okay so uh, using net reproductive rate we learn two equations one is net reproductive rate is equals to summation of lx into mx second is nt plus 1 which is population size at uh, generation t plus 1 or the next generation is equals to nt is into r0 where nt is population size now at time t and r0 is the net reproductive rate okay now there is one equation qx is equals to dx by nx so age specific mortality is equals to number total number dying by number surviving okay so population growth can be j shaped or s shaped okay when it is s shaped when there is a carrying capacity okay and uh, there is a bell shaped growth shape where the mean or the maximum growth rate is at the mean which is k by 2 when carrying capacity is half then it is a maximum population size okay so for exponential growth dn upon dt is equals to rn and uh, if we put it in the log term then logarithmic is nt is equals to that is final is equals to initial into e to the power rt okay so i repeat for exponential growth that is j shaped growth curve dn upon dt is equals to rn and the exponential term nt is equals to n0 into e to the power rt while in case of okay so first of all uh, first i'll say the logarithmic equation as well for uh, exponential growth where ln is equals to 
LNNT, which is the uh, population size into next generation, is equals to population size now, which is LNN0 plus RT. Okay, when we put NT is equals to N0 into e to the power RT, it will give us a logarithmic equation. You can also convert it and you can also find it out yourself. Then, logistic growth here, K will come into the picture. Dn upon dt is equals to Rn, 1 minus N by K. So, Dn upon dt is equals to N0, e to the power, okay, Dn upon dt here, dn upon dt is equals to n0 e to the power r 1 minus n by k t okay instead of rn it will be r it will be r 1 minus n by k clear so when there is bell shaped growth curve where dn upon dt is equals to r k by 4 okay n is equals to k by 2 at k by 2 region it is the maximum growth rate uh, it is the maximum population size sorry and dn upon dt is equals to r k by 4 so you will require when we will solve some numericals related to it there are several calculations okay related to it so ln 2 by r is equals to 0 0.693 by r okay so value of ln 2 is 0 0.693 so there is a uh, topic name is survivorship curve survivorship curve there are three types of survivorship curve type 1 type 2 and type 3 type 1 is basically for the humans okay it is the logistic curve convex in nature okay where mostly mostly organisms but mostly humans they die at the late stage there is high parental care and the curve is they so k strategist they are k strategist in case of type 2 again logistic here this curve is straight again k strategic they have moderate parental care okay in case of type 3 it's concave in nature exponential curve here the parental care is very very low they are our strategist and they mostly die at early stage so type 1 is convex type 2 is straight and type 3 is concave okay so when we plot the survivorship curve in terms of death rate per capita so which one will die first okay so type 3 will die first because they have early death they are our strategist very low parental care then it will be type 2 and type 1 will die at last so what are our strategist and case strategist we are using this term right so this R strategist, first of all, they show the J-shaped growth, which is the exponential growth. Okay, while K strategist shows logistic S-shaped growth. So R strategist, they are well, these organisms are very small in size, while K strategist are large in size. 
our strategist shows high productivity and there is low productivity in case of k strategist so uh, they are our strategist are sexually immature they have high mortality and they have very short life span they are generalist species and the population density is independent of environmental variation okay they are colonizing species while in case of k strategist they are they shows long period of sexual immaturity and they have low mortality they have longer life span they are specialist species and uh, the population density is closely dependent on environmental variation and uh, the species are closely associated with the climax okay so these are the differences and few characteristics of our strategist and k strategist so we will uh, again in the next podcast i would like to discuss about the population regulation so population regulation where where um, <clears throat> density dependent and density independent factors will come into play and um, it's also a very interesting topic please uh, listen to that also you will have an idea about how population is regulated then community uh, ecology where the climi uh, what where mutualism interaction amensalism thalamus barnacles and all that we will discuss about it's a very interesting topic so stay tuned thank you what is population regulation so population can be regulated in a way of density dependent or density independent density dependent is when death is a result of overpopulation okay when there is competition among members of growing population for limited resources like food or territory health of organisms predations physiological factors like reproduction growth hormonal changes and all that so death because of these factors is density dependent and when death is a result regardless of the population size then it is density independent like for example uh, weather condition acidity salinity fires catastrophes so it is uh, regardless of the population size it's not dependent on the population size okay so uh, population density when it increases there if uh, then there is the population which will not grow the other population which will not grow or the same population when it is will not grow when the number of the individuals increases then it is density dependent death okay so next coming to community ecology so come in a community there is habitat and niche habitat where an organism lives and niche is a fun, uh 
particular area in that habitat where the organism lives. So niche are of two kinds, fundamental niche and realized niche. We can divide the niche into fundamental niche and realized niche. And a realized niche is the uh, functional area of an organism, the functional area of a habitat. Okay, so realized niche is even smaller than the fundamental niche. Then comes the law of minimum and law of tolerance. Law of minimum is Leibig's law. Okay, law of minimum is Leibig's law. And uh, law of minimum says that growth of organism is proportional to the minimum deficiency source. When the minimum, the quantity which is not required in the minimum amount, okay, which is the rate limiting amount, it is growth is proportional to the min uh, to the minimum of deficiency source. Okay, the growth is not dependent on total available source, but it is proportional to minimum of deficiency source. Okay, then comes the law of tolerance. Law of tolerance that an organism has a range of tolerance which it can survive. Okay, it can be optimum, it can be lesser than optimum or more than optimum. So if we talk deep about fundamental and realized niche, there's one example about barnacles. Okay, so uh, thalamus barnacles, they can live in both deep and shallow intertidal zones. That their fundamental niche is, they can live in both high tide and low tide. Okay, so there is another type of barnacles, uh, there is another type of organism, balanus which forces thalamus to occupy a smaller realized niche on higher drier habitat okay so when uh, barnacles are not there when balanus are not there and thalamus can occupy whole of the niche uh, which is their fundamental niche which is both high tide and low tide but when balanus are present in that case thalamus okay thalamus thalamus sorry thalamus thalamus will be shifted to the high tide which is the realized realized niche okay so uh, what we know what we understand from this that that uh, species 1 okay species 1 here thalamus fundamental niche is both high tide and low tide but its realized niche is high tide Whereas Balanus realized niche is loaded. Now coming to interaction between two species. What is mutualism? Then we will discuss about several interactions. One is mutualism. Okay, mutualism when species A and species B both benefits from each other. Then it's commensalism where one species benefits and the other has no role other is neutral then it is proto cooperation where species a and species b both are benefited then it is amensalism where one species have uh, 
is negatively impacted and another species have no role then it is parasitism where one is uh, positive and other have a negative effect predation where again one benefits and other is at loss then it is cannibalism okay which is again one species at benefit another at loss and competition or spite where both the species are at loss so next coming to mutualism so mutualism is growth rate of population okay which is dn upon dt growth rate of population dn upon dt is equals to rn okay r is per capita growth rate and n is population size so next coming to the competition part the so competition is intra specific inter specific and then there can be exploitation interference or apparent competition intra specific when the competition is within same species and inter is within different species exploitation is when the competition is for same common resource okay and interference is what both the species they directly affect by secreting same compound okay they directly affect each other by secreting some kind of compound and apparent competition is both compete to hide from common predator okay both compete to hide for uh, from common predator then comes uh, a very important theory competitive exclusion and coexistence okay so uh, to compete uh, to compete or to exist together with another species there has to be resource partitioning and character displacement okay the best example is paramecia aurelia and paramecium caudatum okay so when these species are grown alone okay they will occupy a specific area but when these species are grown together there will be the resource partitioning and character displacement okay then comes the niche overlap and resource partitioning what are these terms niche overlap and resource partitioning so what we need to know niche differentiation is what niche differentiation is where the natural selection will favor the individuals that do not compete okay that is niche differentiation and niche overlap is when the niche of the two species is occupying the same common area okay they have some region which is overlapping between the two it's niche overlap okay so when the individuals of second species compete with the first species for resource so individuals of species 2 experience poor survival and reproduction what does this mean so natural selection will favor those individuals that evolves to reduce its overlap resource utilization with species 1 
सो दो स्पीशीज विच कैन सर्वाइव ओके दो स्पीशीज विच कैन इवॉल्व एंड रिड्यूस द यूज ऑफ द ओवरलैप रीजन ओके दोज विल बी नेचुरली सिलेक्टेड एंड आफ्टर सेवरल जनरेशन स्पीशीज टू इवॉल्व टू रिड्यूस इट्स ओवरलैप इन रिसोर्स यूटिलाइजेशन विथ स्पीशीज वन ओके सो नेक्स्ट कम्स इंटर स्पेसिफिक कॉम्पिटिशन इंटर स्पेसिफिक कॉम्पिटिशन इज वॉट दैट स्पीशीज वन हैव इनहिबिटरी इफेक्ट ऑन स्पीशीज टू और स्पीशीज टू हैव इनहिबिटरी इफेक्ट ऑन स्पीशीज वन ओके सो वी रिप्रेजेंट इट एज अल्फा एंड बीटा सो अल्फा वन टू वी से इट इज अल्फा वन टू अल्फा वन टू इज वन इज द अल्फा वन टू If two is at the last, that means the impact of species two on species one. Okay, alpha one two is impact of species two on species one, and when the value of alpha one two is greater than one, okay, then interspecific competition occurs. That that means interspecific competition is more than intraspecific competition, but when the value is less than one. That means interspecific competition is less than intraspecific competition. So when the value is greater than one, interspecific competition is more. So this will be best explained by Lotka-Volterra model. Lotka-Volterra model it is used to study the species interaction outcome. Are they interacting positively or negatively? Okay. Which have more impact on the other? Okay, if they can grow together or not, they will compete together. Which is the better competitor? Okay, so Lotka-Volterra model says about prey-predator relationship and inter-specific competition. Okay, so competition is when they share common niche or resource. Okay, there is a term named isocline. So isocline is a point at which species show some population growth. Okay, so uh, in case of logistic model, as we already discussed, the S-shaped growth, dn upon dt, rn, one minus n by k. So this. Uh, logistic model for species one, what it will become? Instead of uh, k, we will add k one. Just that. And instead of n, we will put n one. Okay. So when there is no competition, in that case, the no, uh, equation will be dn upon dt is equals to rn one minus n by k. Okay, so when species one is growing with species two in competition, in that case there will be two different equation. In that case, case one will be d n one upon d t is equals to r n k minus n k one minus n one. Sorry, k one minus n one minus Alpha one to n two by k one. So there will be another uh, 
constant which will come uh, here in the equation which is alpha 1 2 so in case of uh, species 1 it will be alpha 1 2 okay and in case of species 2 it will be alpha 2 1 uh, whichever number is at the last it is the role of that onto the first letter first number that is if it's alpha 2 1 it is the impact of species 1 on species 2 okay so results of lotka voltera model what can be the result whether there is stable coexistence whether there is unstable coexistence or there is competitive exclusion okay so in case of stable coexistence both will win both will stay together but in case of unstable coexistence one can win and after uh like after coexistence one can win and competitive exclusion that either one of the species can live like only one species will live so there is a difference between unstable coexistence and competitive exclusion unstable coexistence means there are chances that one will win after uh like uh after some time of existing together okay and competitive exclusion is either one species can win okay so isocline term meant what isocline means point at which some uh, population growth happens okay it is the equilibrium condition and this isocline condition is based on logistic growth okay now there is another way uh, to know about the population size okay to estimate the population size of an animal is the mark recapture method where some animals are trapped they are marked in some harmless way and then released after a certain period the number of marked and unmarked animals are recorded the population size is estimated using the formula where population size is equals to number of first sample into number of second sample okay by number in the second sample previously marked so avoid the uh, equation just remember that this is a method to estimate the population size so in the next podcast we will talk about avoiding predation how the organisms avoid the predation okay then we will talk about island biogeography and grimm's model ecological succession invasive species very important then uh, phenotypic plasticity then we will talk about monoclimax concept biodiversity ecology so biodiversity you should not miss right it's very important to know about the uh, biodiverse places and like how they can be preserved so it will give you the idea about our environment as well as the uh, vulnerable endangered uh, species which we need to know okay which we should be aware of so stay tuned thank you now uh guys do you know that animals are very very smart to protect themselves from the predator uh they show several kinds of strategy so some species 
show a kind of mimicry some shows a uh, change in coloration okay so uh, that's very interesting to know about their uh, like method of avoiding the predation from the predator okay so one kind of uh, way of avoiding predation is mullerian mimicry okay another is batesian mimicry so in mullerian mimicry what happens in this type several groups of organisms gain advantages by looking like one another okay they look like one another and uh, this kind of mimicry requires that all the species be similar in appearance and distinctly colored okay all the species be similar in appearance and distinctly colored okay example bee wasp horn nets so they all uh, species should be similar in appearance but distinctly colored so what is mullerian mimicry where several groups of organisms gain advantage like by looking like one another okay then comes batesian mimicry where uh, a vulnerable organism which we say as mimic it gains a selective advantage by looking like a dangerous or distasteful organism okay for example a uh, monarch butterfly and uh, this monarch butterfly to avoid the predation what it does it looks like a dangerous or distasteful organism okay so distasteful organism here we say as model which way which they uh, turn into or which they look like and the vulnerable organism is termed as mimic okay so they look like a model okay and uh, the ones which look like the mo- like the model are the mimic okay next comes the cryptic coloration uh, in cryptic coloration there is a uh, camouflage okay which what uh, these organisms do they include colors and patterns that allow the prey to blend into the background okay they blend into the background so well so that the predator cannot spot them next is a posmatic coloration which is the warning coloration so some animals appeared in bright color that are easily visible intensive color are usually a warning sign for uh, of well protected toxic organism okay so they display a kind of color which uh, which shows them as a warning sign of a uh, toxic organism okay so uh, then we as i told that i'll talk about island biogeography which was uh, proposed by macarthur and wilson uh, and it's also known as uh, theory of island and uh, this theory explains about species richness we also say it as equilibrium theory and uh, study of geographical distribution of species and the reason for their pattern of distribution okay this we understand by island biogeography okay so uh, in island biogeography we needs to know that small islands which are far from the mainland have lowest species and large islands which is closer to mainland have more species 
okay the colonization is more in the island which is near to the mainland and the colonization in large island is more uh, when it is near to the mainland okay so if the mainland is near then immigration is more and extinction is less and similarly when uh, the island is far away then uh, extinction is more and immigration is less next comes the grimms model okay we need to know about the grimms model also in grimms model what we understand that there is a shape of a triangle okay where uh, we need to know the top of the triangle are the competitors okay and on the either side of the base of the triangle are stress tolerant and ruderals okay so competitors stress tolerant and ruderals okay so on the top are the example birch trees they predominate under condition of low disturbance when there is very low disturbance then these birch trees they predominate okay when the stress is low when other environmental factors are not disturbing them then these competitive species can grow and become dominant what about the ruderal species these ruderal species are dominant under the condition of high disturbance and low stress okay stress should be low but even in high disturbance they can grow like annual grass okay like for example uh, when the field is all covered with crops but when there is no stress in that case in the high disturbance grasses can grow but what about the stress tolerant ones the stress tolerant species they predominant under the condition of low disturbance okay stress tolerant ones are the ones which can grow under low disturbance and when the stress is high okay so ruderal competitors are the ones when the both the disturbance and stress is low okay but for stress tolerant disturbance should be low and stress can be high they can tolerate the stress but for uh, ruderal species what happens for uh, stress tolerant ones stress high and uh, then low disturbance in those conditions stress tolerant species can grow well but for ruderal species they can grow in high disturbance but not in high stress okay so stress tolerant species include a uh, beech then mangroves then lichens these are stress tolerant species okay the ones which can uh, grow in all kinds of situation like uh, they can be competitor also they can be ruderal also they can be stress tolerant also these are perennial herbs okay the tree shrubs uh, shrubs are the ones which can grow uh, in between the competitor and stress tolerant they are the trees and shrubs okay which are the uh, competitors and stress tolerators in the middle of this are trees and shrubs and uh, another one is biennial plant okay this biennial plant grows near to the ruderals okay 
सो द रेंज ऑफ डिस्टर्बेंस टॉलरेंस रेंज ऑप्टिमल रेंज सो ऑल दीज आर वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट फॉर एनी पर्टिकुलर प्लांट स्पीशीज ओके वेन अ प्लांट इज प्लेस्ड इन अ रेंज ऑफ इन टॉलरेंस देन दीज ऑर्गेनिजम कैन नॉट ग्रो बट वेन दे आर पुट इन टू रेंज ऑफ फिजियोलॉजिकल स्ट्रेस ओके सम स्पीशीज कैन ग्रो बट वेरी रेयर फ्यू स्पीशीज कैन ग्रो वेन इट इज इन द रेंज ऑफ स्ट्रेस ओके वेन दे कान टॉलरेट दिल डाई बट वेन इट इज इन द रेंज ऑफ स्ट्रेस सम ऑर्गेनिजम कैन ग्रो ओके इन द ऑप्टिमल रेंज ऑफ एनी इन्वायरमेंटल कंडीशन मेनी ऑर्गेनिजम्स विल ग्रो मैक्सिमम ऑर्गेनिजम्स विल ग्रो वेन द इन्वायरमेंटल कंडीशन आर ऑप्टिमम एंड अगेन वेन द रेंज ऑफ इंटॉलरेंस इज वेरी लो देल ऑल्सो डाई वेन द फैक्टर्स आर वेरी लो ओके सो एक्सट्रीम लोअर और एक्सट्रीम हायर कंडीशन बोथ हेल्प्स द ऑर्गेनिजम टू डाई और टू नॉट ग्रो फर्दर ओके then uh, coming to another very interesting topic succession ecology so in succession ecology we need to know about several terms like some native species indigenous or uh, native to a particular habitat okay then invasive species which have come from the outside and invaded the region then the indicator species then keystone species flagship species umbrella species pioneer species foundation or the climax species so uh, invasive species are what they have more genetic variety okay more genetic variability is there so they can disperse to uh, like to a broader area okay they can disperse very easily in a shorter period of time then the indicator species which tells us about the environmental health okay how is the health of the particular ecosystem can be uh, understood by the uh, the growth of the indicator species then keystone species which is disproportionate to its abundance whether they are growing only one also okay if they can grow one also so it's not dependent upon their abundance means uh, they are very impactful even when they are one in number okay their number does not matter but even when they are one in number they are very impactful they are keystone species key species then the flagship species uh, which we use for conservation purpose then umbrella species which protect others from with itself okay uh, it like it gives umbrella or it uh, like gives a shade or protect other species near to it then the pioneer species which are the first species of succession okay the first species of succession and then the foundation or climax species so keystone species or what keystone species like they are disproportionate to its abundance even when they are few in number they have a very large impact on the ecosystem so example jaguar okay now flagship species is when we use uh, some organism in the name of conservation so flagship species most popular is polar bear indicator species like indicating the health of the ecosystem example grizzly bear okay grizzly bear cartoons you have watched right it's very funny next is umbrella species which is cola which is protecting uh, other species directly now coming to invasive species we need to know about the invasive species 
because they are very fast growing and their metabolism is very fast they reproduce very rapidly and their seed dispersal ability is very very high okay they have phenotypic plasticity they are easily adaptable and they are highly tolerant they are having high acclimatization ability okay they lack the natural enemies they lack natural enemies lack of predators okay so example of these include bamboo lantana camera okay bamboo lantana camera purple loose strife so uh, these are the characteristics of uh, invasive species so it's one of the character i told that they are phenotypically plastic they have phenotypic plasticity so what does this mean so the ability of one genotype to produce more than one phenotype when exposed to different environmental condition okay when they are exposed to different environmental condition they can adapt so easily they show different phenotypic characteristics instead of dying they adapt and shows different phenotypic characteristics so this is phenotypic plasticity okay so what is succession okay succession is where gradual replacement of one community by the other there is a gradual replacement of one community by the other one community replaces another community and it is an orderly process okay so how it started starts with the bare rock then lichens which grow on the bare rock then lichens uh, will again it will start or help uh, it will form the bed onto which small annual plants will grow and then the grasses will grow then shrubs and pines and then the trees ultimately will develop okay when one dies it gives the bed for the other to grow so here lichen and small annual plants are the pioneer species they are the first in the succession to grow intermediate include what after annual plants there are grasses shrubs so these are intermediate and the one which is at the last are the trees which is climax community okay similarly this was about the terrestrial succession and what about the lake what about the water body okay so starts with ocean or lake where phytoplankton will first grow then rooted submerged tree first it will be submerged plant then it is floating plants then it is swamp and sedges okay which grow in the marshy areas then woodland and then forest so here phytoplankton and submerged plant are the pioneer species rooted floating swamp sedges are the intermediate and woodland is climax so several factors are there okay several factors are there for succession ecology we will talk about that in the next podcast so thank you see you as discussed in succession ecology there are several factors abiotic and biotic factors in abiotic factors it's topography landslide mudslide and in soil several factors like type ph moisture soil type soil ph and moisture then climate change like rainfall temperature wind 
then biotic interactions which include species interaction and competition and succession can be early or late succession okay either the climax is reached very early or it can be very late okay and there are several models of ecological succession these are facilitation tolerance and inhibition in facilitation model early species enhance the upcoming species okay all facilitates the upcoming species early species facilitates the upcoming species and it mostly happens in primary succession similarly tolerance the model of tolerance here early species has no effect on late species okay early species has no effect on late species okay all can uh, have an impact like the most early species can also have the impact on the late species next comes the inhibition model where early species actively inhibit late species okay now the types of succession so based on the starting or based on the course or based on community based on substratum there can be different types of succession so based on the starting it can be primary secondary succession primary succession is where no previous uh, communities developed there okay and the first which develops are lichen and plankton and secondary succession is where already existing living matter was there okay primary succession was on bare rocks and secondary succession where already living matter exist another type of succession based on course is autogenic and allogenic autogenic is where community itself modify the environment okay and uh, allogenic succession is it is replaced by external condition okay autogenic is where community itself modify the environment and allogenic where it is replaced by external condition based on community is it can be autotrophic or heterotrophic if it's autotrophic it is plant community and when it is heterotrophic it is animal community and based on substratum it can be hydrocere xerocere and microcere hydrocere when it starts from phytoplankton and xerocere when it starts from lichen and microcere when it starts from microorganism so types of uh, ecological succession it starts with the pioneer species which are the first one to start the succession okay then it's nudation then it's invasion then competition then reaction and then stabilization which is the climax okay so in the first step that is the pioneer species what it does it will do the nudation what is nudation where the bare area will be developed and the factors responsible is topographic climatic and biotic factors and invasion is what invasion where there is a successful establishment of the species okay the species will spread will uh, disperse the seed to different areas and then there is the establishment which is excess 
and then there is aggregation okay so in invasion there is the establishment and migration of the species and in competition uh, there is the elimination of the unfit organisms and there is wide reproducibility of the fit organisms which are suitable for that place then there is the reaction where the modification of the environment by the species living in it that is community will be replaced community replacement okay whole sequence of the community can be replaced okay by uh, replacing the species grown in there okay then the stabilization which is the climax and which is the last stage stabilize the last community okay so the last species whichever is there it will stabilize the community and example of this uh, climax community are forest grassland coral reef etc okay so climax which is which can be a uh, uh, forest or uh, grassland or coral leaf whichever is the last species so climax uh, there is a theory behind the climax it's monoclimax and polyclimax theory so monoclimax theory is that it was uh, invented by clements and uh, in 1916 which is a more earlier theory and it says that every region has only one climax community towards which all the communities are evolving and when given sufficient time and freedom from interference a climax vegetation of same general type will be produced irrespective of the earlier site conditions and clement says that it was climate and climate alone that determined the final forest type okay climate climate will determine the forest type and he says that a region has only one climax community towards which all the communities are evolving okay and uh, polyclimax theory proposed by tansley in 1939 okay around 20 years after and there was many different climax community that can be recognized in a particular region and this are controlled by soil moisture mineral ions activity of animals topography etc okay so difference is the time factor applied in measuring relative stability okay so a single climatic climax community would be achieved okay when we overcome the edaphic and other climaxes okay so when other factors are not taken into account then maybe monoclimax theory will be seen will be applicable but uh, generally it's polyclimax theory so monoclimax theory proposed by clements he says that for each climatic zone only one type of climax could evolve and he says that climatic climax vegetation is the one which is the monoclimax context uh, concept and uh, this occurs when this occurs when the vegetation is in harmony with the local environment 
ओके सो हियर वॉट हैपन्स देर इज अ पाइनियर कम्युनिटी देन देर आर सेवरल स्टेजेस ओके देर आर सेवरल सेरल स्टेजेस वी से सेवरल सेरल स्टेजेस विच डेवलप ओवर टाइम ओके देन दे ऑल रीचेस टू अ मोनोक्लाइमैक्स स्टेज सो दिस इज अ जनरल आइडिया ओके वेर वन क्लाइमैक्स विल बी देयर ऑल द टाइम वन काइंड ऑफ क्लाइमैक्स इज देयर दैट मीन्स दैट क्लाइमैट क्लाइमेट अलोन determine the final forest type but tensely says there are other factors also which determine the climax it can be edaphic and other climaxes also and uh, also he says that this these climaxes are controlled by several factors and many different climax communities can be recognized in a particular region okay so now comes biodiversity ecology what is biodiversity so i'll discuss about biodiversity in detail in the, uh, our next next podcast so first of all just to give the introduction of biodiversity it is the variability among living organism okay it is the variability among living organism and level of biodiversity is it can be up to genetic level species level or ecosystem level in the genetic level it shows genetic variation the species level it shows variation in morphology and at the ecosystem level it shows variation in community or ecosystem or interaction between the biotic and abiotic factors so that is the level of biodiversity then comes the type of biodiversity which can be alpha beta gamma so alpha biodiversity refers number of species in a single community okay in a single community number of species refers to alpha biodiversity okay and in another uh, community there will be a uh, different number of species so to compare the two communities we use alpha biodiversity next is beta biodiversity where degree of change in each species composition okay so in each species composition the degree of change is the how much degree of change is there that can be determined by beta diversity and gamma diversity is applied to a large scale where species turnover with distance between sites of similar habitat or with expanding area how much species turnover is there okay with distance between sites of similar habitat to the large geographical area we use gamma diversity okay so within a single community it is alpha diversity which is used to compare between the communities and between the community is beta diversity between two communities beta diversity we can say and when between several communities at a large geographical area it is gamma diversity okay so we'll continue with the biodiversity past part in the next podcast thank you so biodiversity uh 
what is biodiversity what are the types of biodiversity on the basis of uh, like on the basis of community alpha beta and gamma biodiversity then the level of biodiversity we already discussed in our previous podcast right so there are several threats of biodiversity so it can be urbanization deforestation agriculture expansion eutrophication then forest fires then mining then others exploitation of water then uh, construction of dams waste disposal environmental pollution overgrazing poaching all those are threats to biodiversity okay so when uh, there is a habitat loss due to agriculture due to construction it affects land and water resources okay so when land and water resources are affected there are less wood available for cooking and uh, less area and less land is there to grow crops because buildings and constructions and mining all have already done so there are less resources less wildlife less clean air and less reliable water sources will be available okay and when the habitat uh, when the uh, biodiversity threat is in the form of pollution through fertilizer or runoff fertilizer runoff and mining then it affects clean air and water okay ultimately both are affecting what both are affecting uh, less resources for growing crops for cooking and uh, clean air etc okay so as i already told about different levels of biodiversity like genetic genetic biodiversity gene level then species then ecosystem level so genetic biodiversity is what genetic diversity is alleles of a single gene how much alleles are there how much alternate form of the genes are there okay this is genetic diversity how much variable is the gene is okay then organism diversity is differences in morphology anatomy or behavior okay how much difference is uh, sorry uh, whether there is difference between the two organisms or not this is organismal biodiversity and population diversity is uh, like how much frequent that particular organism is dense uh, depending upon density so this is population diversity in species diversity is uh, what is the difference between the number of species in one community as compared to the other okay when we talk about community diversity then it is uh, about the ecological interaction diversity in ecological interaction and ecosystem diversity is how much interdependence is there between biotic and abiotic factors landscape diversity is the species composition in different landscapes and biogeographic diversity is diversity in geological and geographical history okay so the how to measure the diversity there are several indexes been discovered diversity like dominance and informational okay under the dominance uh, there are simpson diversity which is denoted as d then simpson 
index of diversity which is 1 minus d then it is simpson reciprocal which is 1 by d okay so this all comes under dominance diversity okay and uh, the lowest value of it is 1 okay and the maximum value is the number of the species coming to informational statistic which is another type of diversity index so under informational statistic which uh, says about the abundance of the species okay so it is measured by shannon index and brillouin index so shannon index is generally negative which is summation negative of summation pi ln pi and uh, brillouin index it generally reflect abundance okay so uh, we need to understand about several biodiversity versus ecosystem functioning so there can be direct relationship also between ecosystem functioning and biodiversity there can be a threshold level beyond which it becomes static then there is idiosyncratic response between ecosystem functioning and biodiversity which is kind of wavy in nature idiosyncratic then there is a non linear relationship okay non linear relationship then uh, there is the negative relationship also okay so there were some early hypothesis which says that there is redundancy between the ecosystem and func uh, functioning and biodiversity so redundancy is like uh, we can say the rate of change increase or uh, decrease is redundant okay then it is a linear relationship then it can be wavy idiosyncratic then keystone okay where one species become very dominant okay then it can be discontinuous okay increases decreases increases decreases then it is river like rivet okay so when we study about biodiversity we must also know about the risk graph how many number of species or how many species are extinct extinct in the wild critically endangered endangered vulnerable least concern so there is a book which is known as red list category red data book okay the red data book it gives us the idea about the species which are extinct which are threatened which are of least concern okay so extinct species where that the last individual has also died like for example dinosaur and uh, extinct in the wild is another term which is denoted by ew extinct in the wild here only to survive in captivity cultivation or well outside in its natural range means it cannot survive in the wild condition it should be survived or taken care in captivity in a good protected condition then they can survive otherwise in the wild condition they are extinct next is critically endangered cr that means they are facing extremely high risk of extinction in the wild then it is endangered okay so critically endangered endangered and vulnerable all comes under threatened species okay so endangered species are facing a very high risk of extinction 
and vulnerable are facing high risks of uh, risk of extinction in the wild okay so when it's a between vulnerable and endangered there is just a more emphasis on endangered uh, vulnerable is high risk and endangered is facing even higher risk of extinction then it is near threatened near threatened is closed or to qualifying or likely to qualify for a threatened category means they can be threatened they can they are near threatened they can be threatened if not taken proper care then least concerned where population is stable enough that it is unlikely to face extinction in the near future okay least concerned means uh, they will not face extinction in the near future then it, there is data deficient where enough information or abundant information is not available to estimate its extinction so we must know about the extinct species which are dodo passenger pigeon okay and the ones which are extinct in the wild are alagaus okay critically endangered which are like on the uh, what to say high risk of extinction like pygmy hog flying squirrel malabar large spotted civet gharia gharial okay so next is endangered where giant panda snow leopard tiger indian rhinoceros they are endangered species vulnerable species are cheetah lion polar bear low risk are blue billed duck and another uh, solitary eagle and all that okay so uh, i said that there are several ways of measuring the diversity index so there is one way of measuring species diversity by finding out species richness which is the number of species in a particular habitat and species evenness okay which is equality of one species with the other okay so the one which have more number of species are more rich the less are less rich and species evenness means more even not like one species is very high in number and another species very low in number it should be having even number of species almost equal kind of okay so we discussed about some critically endangered species like pygmy hog flying squirrel then uh, gorilla okay cross river gorilla then sumatran tiger then jawan rhino leatherback turtle endangered species are what which are which have a very high risk of extinction like ganges river dolphin like blue fin tuna like blue whale black footed ferret so it's by practice you will be able to uh, keep the names in mind then vulnerable species are red panda okay polar bear whale shark endemic species are what endemic species are like tiger indian wild dog then golden langur then asiatic lion then himalayan snow leopard indian peacock lion tailed macaque 
then indian elephant clouded leopard indian cobra brown fish owl then red panda impatiens sivara ranji it's a plant impatiens plant commonly known as impatiens then it is gynostachium it's also a plant then it is oplysmenus it's also a plant then it is olive ridley turtle indian vulture so all these are endemic species of india okay so these all were the threaten uh, threats to biodiversity now let's come to biodiversity conservation very very important for all of us okay so it can be conserved in two ways in situ or ex situ okay in situ that is in a protected area national park biosphere reserve sanctuaries these all can be constructed okay and uh, so biosphere reserve national park so in their natural habitat when they are protected it's a protected area where uh, like human interference and all that are not allowed much okay and uh, it's where the animals or plants are kept in their natural habitat but still they are protected okay and uh, the biosphere reserve can be terrestrial or marine then the ex situ conservation like seed bank cryo preservation field gene bank or it can be a sacred plant religious purpose people protect the plant or home garden botanical garden zoological park and all that so i would like to give emphasis on some important or uh, national park uh where they are located and which animals they protect so it is jim corbett national park which is located in uttarakhand and it's a like here tigers are protected then it is a uh, kaziranga national park which is in assam and uh, assam is famous for rhinoceros protection then it is hazaribagh national park which is in jharkhand and uh, animal here protected is tiger tiger is an endangered animal okay and rhinoceros is critically and uh, critically endangered okay next is kerala uh, sorry kana national park which is located in madhya pradesh and here tiger cheetah tiger is endangered and cheetah is vulnerable okay high risk of extinction next is sundarban tiger reserve located in west bengal it is uh, famous for uh, protecting bengal tiger which is endangered again next is gir national park which is located in gujarat and is uh, for protecting asiatic lion then it is uh, bandipur national park located in karnataka which protects elephant elephant is vulnerable okay so two vulnerable we studied cheetah and elephant and bandipur national park also protects tiger next is desert national park which is located in rajasthan and it protects the great indian bustard and black bug great indian bustard is critically endangered okay so critically endangered are rhinoceros and uh, great indian bustard okay and next we come to another important okay and uh, this one is black bug is near threatened 
नेक्स्ट इज नीलगिरी बायोस्फीयर रिजर्व विच इज लोकेटेड इन तमिलनाडु केरला कर्नाटका एंड इट इज फेमस फॉर प्रिजर्विंग और प्रोटेक्टिंग नीलगिरी तार लायन टेल्ड मकाक ओके नेक्स्ट इज गल्फ ऑफ मन्नार बायोस्फीयर रिजर्व लोकेटेड इन तमिलनाडु एंड इट प्रोटेक्ट्स डुगोंग एंड सी काउ नेक्स्ट इज नंदा देवी बायोस्फीयर रिजर्व अनदर वन इज विच इज लोकेटेड इन उत्तराखंड नेक्स्ट इज नौकरेक बायोस्फीयर रिजर्व लोकेटेड इन मेघालय विच प्रोटेक्ट्स विच प्रोटेक्ट्स रेड पांडा नेक्स्ट इज पंचमारी बायोस्फीयर रिजर्व लोकेटेड इन मध्य प्रदेश काना नेशनल पार्क ऑल्सो लोकेटेड मध्य प्रदेश एंड काना इज फेमस फॉर प्रोटेक्टिंग राइनोसेरस सॉरी काना इज प्रोटेक्टिंग टाइगर एंड चीता चीता इज वेबल बट पंचमारी इज फॉर जायट स्क्वेरल एंड फ्लाइंग स्क्वेरल नेक्स्ट इज सिमलीपाल बायोस्फीयर रिजर्व विच इज लोकेटेड इन उड़ीसा and it is also for elephant royal bengal tiger and gaur next is achanak uh, mar amarkantak biosphere reserve located in chatisgarh madhya pradesh it has wild range of flora and fauna and uh, nicobar island which is located in andaman nicobar islands and it protects salt water crocodile so there are several i would like to discuss few more like uh, Kiolado Ghana Bird Sanctuary located in Rajasthan Bharatpur which protects Siberian crane Next is next is Chilka Lake Bird Sanctuary located in Odisha and it protects waterfowl and crane duck so we talked about two uh, biosphere reserve one bird sanctuary and one biosphere reserve in Odisha one is Simlipal Biosphere Reserve uh, which protects Royal Bengal tiger and elephant and another is chilka lake bird sanctuary which protects waterfowl cranes ducks next is manas wildlife sanctuary which is for assam located in assam and it is protecting panther tiger and rhinoceros so kanha kaziranga national park in assam and uh, another is manas national national park in assam so kaziranga national park is for rhinoceros and manas national park is for panther tiger and rhinoceros next is dachigram sanctuary which is located in jammu and kashmir and uh, it protects kashmiri stag musk snow leopard okay next uh, we come to what next we come to madhumalai wildlife sanctuary okay madhumalai wildlife sanctuary it is located in tamil nadu and it is famous for elephant four horned antelope etc okay next is nagarjun sagar sanctuary located in andhra pradesh it is uh, protecting tiger and panther next is periyar sanctuary located in kerala for protecting animals like elephant and balmiki nagar tiger reserve located in bihar which is protecting tiger there are many sanctuaries which are protecting focusing on preserving or protecting tigers okay next we come to another important topic like for example we need to know about top down control that is uh, 
that is predators are controlling uh, the phytoplankton okay the predator that is the most advanced fish are controlling the uh, the ones at the down level that is phytoplankton so whenever predators are uh, less okay whenever predators are less then before the predators forage fish will increase when forage fish will increase zooplankton will decrease and when zooplankton will decrease phytoplankton will increase so it's a top down control another is bottom up control bottom up control is where uh, first of all when phytoplankton decreases zooplankton also decreases and forage a forage fish also decreases okay as a result of which predators also decrease okay so this is bottom up control so we have discussed some important topics related to ecology so i hope it will be very helpful to have the idea about our environment animals their conservation and biodiversity so if you like my podcast please like and you can also comment or you can also mail me in the mail id mentioned so see you in the next podcast thank you bye bye